This is The Journey, a series of interviews by Kathy Wardle with members of St. Joseph Catholic Community who each speak about their faith journey. WSJF will air a new conversation each week. Here's the host of The Journey, Kathy Wardle. Welcome back to The Journey. Today we're happy to have Deacon Joe Slattery with us. And we are going to hear about his journey over the years. I'm so excited. I know a little bit more about it maybe than you do. So you're in for a real treat here. And to get started, I thought maybe I would pick on him and ask him about something. You were once called King of the County. And I want to know, certainly after you tell the story, if we can keep calling you that. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Only if you will bow down. With me, but, um, What's the scoop here? Well, when I was, uh, it's funny that you asked that question, because just the other night, my wife pulled a picture from that event, and she's like, what is this? And uh, so when I was in a teenager, um, the Catholic Youth Organization, CYO, used to have this cotillion every year. It was called the King's Dance. Ooh. And so we would have this, uh, it's like kind of like a prom, right? So we'd all dress up, and then the, it was a little bit of a popularity contest, but all the county uh, youth groups would vote on uh, the king and queen of the, the county. And uh, this so was I, high school. This was a high school age, right? Okay. So, but that, at that time, the youth group was all you know youth led, and so I was a county officer, and it was it ended up being kind of a popularity country. But we would have this dance and dinner, wow. and um, and then we would crown the king and queen of the county. And you were, crowned. and I was crowned the king of the county. Wow! 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 Most and eligible bachelor. In- <laughs> And we never saw People magazine because we didn't have it back then, probably, right? <laughs> exactly. I didn't know you were going to ask that. I would have brought the picture. Oh, sorry. We missed that part. Well, you know, you're saying that you were the people that ran the mm-hmm. youth group. That's very different. It was very different back then. When Back then, we had, we'd have like an adult advisor that would, you know, he, they would sit in the background and, and make sure that there was, but you know there were officers and we had presidents and vice presidents and program manager people. I was the program chairman for the county, so I was responsible for the. We were responsible for all the aspects of CYO, which was, you know, spiritual and athletic and um, educational, and we had different points. And I would plan trips. We planned hire buses and all things that I don't know that. They would even let teenagers do today. I was I contracting so. <laughs> for bu- buses at 16, to four buses to wow. drive down to the beach. and. Uh, That's incredible. How yeah. did you know how to do all that stuff? We were, we were smarter than the When you're king of the then. county, you just know. <laughs> like, okay. That's right. Yes, That's right. 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 That's right. why I was the king. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, let's go back. I, you had a very early calling. I think mm-hmm. we can call it that. And I was so um, uh, impressed to, to read about that. Tell us, you were in sixth grade. Is that when you feel like yeah, it? Yeah, it was about fifth and sixth grade. We okay. um, Maybe even younger. But we used to go, my parents would send us to a Salesian um, overnight camp. And for two weeks that? every summer. Well, the the salesian you would call them now, but Don Bosco um, had uh, an order of men that he brought into the church or you know formed as brothers and priests, and they were called the Salesians, and they okay. rent they rent or salesians because he was with Saint Francis de Sales, and okay. he, um, yeah, they yeah, were yeah. that was just their patron, and then but Don Bosco was the founder of that order. And, um, but they would have these, this, this sleepaway camp 
and we would go there. And part of the sleep away camp was an introduction to Eucharistic adoration, the the whole concept of um, having Jesus and not leaving Jesus alone. So we all had to take certain t- hours to make sure that Jesus was never alone during the the um, adoration time. And so during that time, I don't know whether it was the first or second year that I was there, but it was uh, spent a lot of time in front of the Blessed Sacrament and and looking. Right, in, right out of him in his eye and him telling me that I have a plan for you. I, you know, I need you to do, do, I need you to do, do something. But I don't know what it was at that time, but it, it was a call that, you know, I fulfilled through CYO and activities and involvement and it kind of like created this hole in my heart and uh, wow. continued to fill it every, with different yeah, and you and used like you used that language, you know, as as you know, I was reading your, a little bit about your bio. Um, you talked a lot about feeling. How did you say something missing, yep. and then the hole, and um, so that started way back in your started story. way back way back then. You know, it was you know then you'd fill it with you know Lenten uh, mass every day, and then. Quickly after that, those years, then I was in high school, so I was able to be part of the CYO and then be part of the county officers, and I was part of the diocesan officers. We ran a, um, you know, another thing, right? We, I was the chairman of the, the youth convention for the whole archdiocese of New York. Good and we, would, we contracted with the hotel and coordinated all these teenagers coming up to the Pines and uh, ran the masses, ran all the, the workshops and things like that. We were... And, uh, That's a but, lot of responsibility. Yeah, it was great. It yeah, was, yeah. Well, all before I was uh, eighteen. <laughs> good heavens! Well, then college. You you sort of hit college, and like a lot of people, you you may become a little bit less active, maybe a little more distracted. Yeah. Is that what happened with you? Some people. Um, you know, actually, I did seek out you know some involvement. So I was part of the Newman House. I was on the board, and we did a lot of things. But then, you know, it. It's a little bit, it's not as easy to get to Mass, and everybody else wasn't going to Mass, so it's uh, the challenge of, you know, peer pressure. But I did have, we did, there were friends on the, on the, my floor that we would go to Mass together, mm-hmm. so. But it was mostly Mass and then some Newman Center things, but, but certainly not the same kind of involvement I had in, yeah. in high school. Well, our world gets bigger and bigger, and then, you know, it's harder and harder to focus. Mm-hmm. I mean, is that one way to think about it? I mean, we're no doubt have college kids watching here, and it makes me wonder, how can we minister to them? How can we encourage them to keep their eye on the ball, so to speak? You know, I think there is always some portion of or expectation of going away you know and you know you you know and they're they're going away from their parents their freedom for the first time and so they they kind of tend to pull away from all the things that they knew and try out new things and I but I think the most important and I I lived that through my youth ministry when I was doing confirmation prep was so important as you know in the formative years and high school years to plant those seeds create some relationship with Christ so that they can have something to draw on when they're when they're in those moments where they pull away and then they have something to miss something to go back to something that they know is there that they had if they never had it they can't go back and I exactly so it's so I just long you know I, I, I 
mourn for if, if they don't have those relationships and because there is going to be a pulling away in, in college and you know. now were your parents involved in some of the encouragement towards these things when you were so young or did yeah. you discover them on your own or? it's interesting I uh, some a lot of it I discovered on my own my my parents were very um, they were very Catholic they we all went to church. We all went to, they, they purposely moved uh, two blocks from a Catholic school and we all went through the Catholic school. And, um, but they weren't, my parents were not helicopter parents. They came where they had, like we did our own, we yeah. did our own thing. And um, so the parish had a, had a youth group. I chose to do that. They didn't stop me from doing anything. In fact, I remember vividly having to write to my parents and say, you need to say no sometimes because I was stretching myself so thin to, and I was, you know, struggling with school because I was going to Philadelphia and I was going to Peekskill and I was doing all these things um, that they let me do, you know, I, but th I had to ask them to sometimes tell me no, you know. No, there's a switch. <laughs> Please, mom and dad, tell me no sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Well, you're, a, you're an unusual kid, I think, too, but... Those were slightly different times, but yeah. you know, still. Well, but they didn't push us because I was the only one doing that did youth uh, CYO. And uh, um, in fact, my mother did go on a um, retreat with us one time, or she went to the convention. And the funny part is, you know, how you say we ran stuff. The parents were just there. They had parents checking you know, the suitcases. Well, my mother wouldn't have known pot if she fell over it. And she's like, I don't know what I'm looking for. <laughs> so, you know, it was it was just kind of funny that yeah, and she those was were in those the positions just to be a chaperone, and they were in the background. Wow. And, uh, happy to be. So letting letting you discover, and mm -hmm. you certainly did. Well, um, you you talked about being in theater, and I'm wondering how that um, fit into the rest of your life, and was that part of what pulled you away, or? No, I don't think either, either really. Um, it was, I... I got sick in high school. I was a swimmer. I used to swim three times a day. And then I got mono. Mm. And then it was really going to be hard to, to back through. So I actually did theater in uh, my final year in high school and got a little bit of a bug. And um, then uh, did a little bit in, in college. But Sherry and I spent our first, a lot of years in our marriage, first 10 years, doing community theater for no a long kidding. time. And, uh but it was then when I stopped doing the community theater that I had, then I finally came back to youth ministry um, after, in our, for, because another time before, and then all of a sudden I right. had this time and I threw myself. So it, it actually, you know, I was really into doing skits and I did a lot of, <laughs> oh God forbid. The, <laughs> okay, we're going to run into another camera here. Go ahead. <laughs> one, one time, one of these poor young ladies, uh, we did this thing on peace, right? That was the theme was peace. And of course, so we had hippies and uh, motorcycle guys. And I, God bless this young lady, I drew, dressed up as a motorcycle guy, but I chose to wear a vest with no shirt. Okay. And, you know, and <laughs> scarred her for life. <laughs> but it was those kind of things where I, you know, the theater part of me was willing to just kind of put myself all out there, be silly, be embarrassed for uh, with the teenagers so that they would see that, you know, I just love them and I was willing to do anything for them so well that 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 pairs very well with with youth group doesn't it yeah I mean um, sure. that's that's where yeah. youth are in yeah. wanting to be themselves and right and they, be they, relaxed. And they want to see you relax they want to see you natural they want to see you you know real. vulnerable and real yeah, yeah so yeah. I was willing to, I was very real 
I wish I could have seen some. That, that sounds pretty exciting. Well, now, as you moved into more adult work and worship, you were involved with youth ministry, and then you started feeling a call to do more. Is mm-hmm. that right? How, how did you start getting that? You know, there's only, like, I think as you get older, you start to think that maybe you're going to age out of that that relatability, right? And uh, so you think maybe there's some other call that you need to be part of. Um, I thought, I felt strongly that, that fellowship, within the parish was was a really uh, enjoyable thing for me as well. So I was very involved in, you know, auctions and uh, banquets and just things that got the parish to know each other, right? Mm-hmm. And those mm-hmm. were, um, and then we started doing a little bit more um, marriage prep, that kind of things. So, you know, kind of graduating from the teenagers to, you know, although I still did youth ministry and I still did confirmation prep and things like that. Um, but, you know, my kids were getting, were, were in the program and, you know, it's easier to do them when they weren't there. Then they got in and I was always, it was always an option. Like I would say to my kids, you know, do you want me to be there? Yeah. You know, and I was totally, totally willing to, to step back. I remember one time going to Steubenville and we, we took a bus for, you know, how many hours, you know, the whole weekend. And there were people at the end of the, at the end of the bus trip, the kids were going, I didn't know he was your father. So they had no clue that I was, you know. So I tried to be, you know, in the background, be the youth minister, but not the dad. And, yeah. you know, it was it was a very hard thing to do. And um, But so I, I guess I draw more that said, you got to find some other things to do. Yeah. And that's the balance, I think, that, that you were probably referring to it, um, in, your, in your bio, that you want to find a balance between ministry and family and mm-hmm. Um, I, can you talk about that as it relates to <clears throat> people in the church? Because if we want lay people involved, what advice do you have for them to find that balance? Um, I think it is, is, is being conscious of what you're, what you're giving up, making sure your kids or your family's aware of what's important to you, but that they're not necessarily not important. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, it's, for me, it, it, I found my kids mimicking what I did, so then I knew that that was on the right track, right? Mm. If they they wanted to be there, um, and I I didn't do it as well, but I think it's important to find things in the parish that you can do to, together, whether that's mm. uh, you know events, fellowship events. I, I love what we have here, St. Peter. I mean, St. Joe's. When we look at you know, my wife was like, oh, "Look at all those teenagers," and I said, "Well, they're a lot of them are." You know, their parents are in the nights or their parents are sheens or whatever. So they like to be with where their parents are. And so finding ways that they can all be, we can all be part of it um, is, is, a, is an important thing. But also just witnessing to the, I think it's also though important to, um, and we talked about, we've talked about this before, um, that, you know, your kids shouldn't necessarily think that the world revolves around them. Right. They're, 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 the, you should be revolving around God and figuring out how to put God in, in their lives. And so if they see, they sh- it's important for them to see that there's something else important to you, right? Mm-hmm. God, their mother, right? And then them, right? That they're all important, but there there is a balance that they should strike as well. Mm-hmm. And um, in, I think in the church, it's 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 important to do that, right? To, to bring um, them along, um, witness to them service, you know, getting them a heart for service, 
Um, a lot of my kids were involved in, um, actively involved in youth ministry. They, they were leading the retreats. They were involved in those things because they saw that it was important and they wanted to be there. So, well, they were lucky to have you. I can imagine just <laughs> life, life in your house. <laughs> they, they tell a lot of stories about me. <laughs> I'd like to hear some more. Well, you know, there's another thing I wanted to mention, and that is that it, it seems sort of like a, um, a mission that you have um, in, in reading your bio. You're talking about the world, how did you say it? The world is getting more and more secular. Mm-hmm. And that's where your call to adults, I think, comes in, where you call, and I don't know if you're particularly talking to men or what, to uh, call to, we are called to show each other how to live in a secular world. Do you want to mm-hmm. say any more about that? Well, I think because it is becoming more and more circular, so it's very hard to, that. there's that, there's that constant battle of all the demands, all the temptations of the secular world, right? And where we think we can be happy. And I think it's important to witness to folks true happiness of relationship, um, family, has nothing to do with money, has nothing to do with things, right? It, it's it's living in relationship. And I think um, the, the biggest challenge, or for me, what's so important is to show people that um, Show witness to a life of joy, and mm-hmm. within with Christ, within the secular world, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I, it's it's hard. It's it's hard to witness to it. It's hard to hard to, for people to do see it, and without you know, people feeling like you're being you're you're judging them, right? You don't want to judge them, but you want to show that there's an alternative, and and that um, happiness can be found just within your your own your own life. Um, That's a wonderful way to say that, um, that there's an alternative to mm -hmm. the many distractions and temptations that this world keeps producing. Right. Right. Well, um, I wanted to ask you about Dominic Salvio. Oh, well now he... I asked Father John about it and... and Did you know about him? No. Oh, really? So I'm, I'm telling tales here, but who is he? He influenced you. We need to we need to get Daniel and Pedro working on uh, the saints. But so Dominic Savio was actually a young boy that was um, befriended or uh, taken under the wing of um, Don Bosco, and so he wasn't. But he was too young to be a salesman. He was a young boy that had was was sick, but he had great faith, and he was in pain. And he you know as, as most a lot of stories about saints you hear about their suffering but he offered all his suffering up and he was a very for me I read his bio young and he was very prominent when I was at Salesian camp and uh but just his his just true faith and simplicity in you know giving all of his his suffering to God and that for me was you know inspiring to say you know, we can put up with anything. We can, you know, if we just give it to God and let in trust. And so that, from a very young age, was some somebody that I've always looked to as a, as a model to just, you know, and it was, you know, simplicity. You know, his faith wasn't found in, you know, grand gestures and grand rites and all those things. He just had a, a true devotion to, to Christ, true relationship with Christ. And even and in his suffering, he he offered that up to to God. And I, you know, no, not that I. And I, I've been very blessed not to have a lot of suffering, right? But even when I, you know, when the people we always grew up with, uh, you know, offer it up, right? You, you think about saints like Dominic Savio, who didn't have the opportunity to grow up 
and be a, you know, to have a fuller life. But he had a full life in Christ, and he was um, mm. very, very devoted. So, so he influenced you when you were when I was young, very young. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the saints and their stories are really timeless. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I'm I'm reading some right now, and, and you know, it's amazing how relevant they are. And it sounds like they they started you off on a really good journey. Yeah, he did. He did. They, you know, the the solution started me off on a journey of you know knowing God, living in community, just very simple, simple fun, and then um, knowing that God would take your take your suffering away. And I think it was an important lesson for me to know that you know I could withstand anything. And you know, it's. But it's always hard, right? As we go up, we would want to be in control of everything. Um, but you, if you draw back on that simplicity of, and that just simplicity of sacrifice and letting, letting God um, be in control, um, that's a lesson that I always have to learn every yeah, day and I, I remind think, myself of. Yeah, uh, I think so. we all do. Well, Deacon Joe, what a treasure. <laughs> We are we are so very, blessed. Not much of a story. Oh, but. I think so. Really, it's a it's a real precious story, and I hope that you all have been as blessed as I have to hear uh, Deacon Joe's journey. And so we invite well, you to stay you. tuned for more. Thank you very much. You've been listening to the Journey with our host Kathy Wargle. WSJF will air a new conversation with Kathy each week. Please continue to listen for new interviews on The Journey from St. Joseph Catholic Community.